Now you were in we were you in Toronto, like the city proper, or yes. were you a police officer mostly? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was always in Toronto. That's always I always city policing is way different from suburban policing, obviously because there's more people, more crime, more danger. But do you do you know like suburban um, police officers? I don't know how rural it is outside of Toronto. Is it more suburban or is it a little more spread out? Because I'm trying to get to the point of like the community. Like, the relationship of the police officers with the community, it's obviously a lot better with smaller communities because people know each other. But and in, yeah, I mean, Toronto, it's, it's, you've got like the sort of city proper that's heavily yeah. populated. Then you have the suburbs, which is still a part of Toronto. Okay. Um, and then outside of that, you have uh, smaller cities, you have, um, you know, towns and, and, and rural areas. And I'm born and raised in Toronto, so I don't know any different. Um, I know community policing, uh, in the divisions I worked in worked really well in the downtown core because it was so congested. And even though you might not be dealing with the type of community with, you know, sort of families that we expect, the community uh, would be more of business people, right? So you have business owners and um, shopkeepers and things like that. So we still, still had a really strong sense of community. What's, what's the training process like? Like how how long like how long does it take for you to become a cop? What are the requirements? Either it's either physical, mental, intellectual as well. Um, well, the physical is um, they they've changed it um, a bit since since I came on. You still have to be able to run, um, and I'm I'm not a runner. But as I've always said, when someone is sort of dangling um, a really cool job and uh, you know pension for life in front of you, you can run a mile and a half really fast. And uh, so that that kind of looked after that. Um, we used to have to do push-ups and sit-ups, and now they do it where uh, the recruits have to be able to drag things, which makes a little more sense. Because in my entire 30 years of policing, I've never, ever been asked as a job requirement to do push-ups. So I don't know what that was all about. But the whole drag test is just basically to see your your general you know ability to to manage your body and and pull stuff and things like that. Um, they do a psychological test and it's, it's basically looking at, um, you know, mostly your overt biases, a bit of implied biases, just to kind of weed out, you know, any really obvious, uh, you know, psychopathic, uh, tendencies, things like that. And, uh, the requirement now is that you have to have, um, Academically, um, it is a post, uh, you have to have, I believe, a few credits from a post-secondary school uh, environment. So it used to be just high school, and now you have to have done, uh, you know, a couple of semesters at least at a post-secondary school institution, whether it's a university or a college. Now, Toronto is incredibly multicultural. Um that we have over 140 different uh, mother tongues spoken in the home. So we really, really like officers with language skills because that's oh, super important. That. Like, do, yeah. is, is, is French, French Canadian? That's, is that is France, French big in Canada, is, uh, uh, Toronto, excuse me, as well? It's, it's not as big in Toronto as you would think. Um, I mean, it is our second natural or national language, rather. But um, in Toronto, you've got people who are speaking Korean, people speaking Mandarin, spe mm -hmm. people speaking Greek, Italian, Russian, you name it, they're speaking it. And um, 
So it becomes problematic when officers attend calls and they can't communicate with people. Right. So that's why we look for people with, with all sorts of different languages. Um, the Toronto police service also really looks for, uh, candidates who will reflect the communities. So we want uh, Muslim officers. We want officers who speak Urdu. We want women. We want people of color. We want you know, people that look like the people who live here. I, under- I understand. I understand that. Now, I, I, w- I do want to get back to that. But first, when I think a big problem that officers have in the States is that they don't live in the communities they're policing. Right, so you have someone who who could live and in a expensive community or in a, a more expensive uh, township, and then they're policing like a bad part of a major city, and they get this complex, whether it's mental, and they feel it's one way or the other. Does that also exist in Canada when it comes to policing, or is it, is it kind of not mandated, but it's, or it could be mandated? Maybe it should be mandated. That if you're going to police a community, you have to actually be a part of the community and live in that community. Well, it's really interesting you brought that up, Will, because that's been an ongoing conversation for a very long time. Because it's that very idea- complex. Like I don't want I don't make it sound like it's a very simple solution. But yeah, please continue. It, exactly right. Because you're thinking if you're not part of the community, are you vested in it? Mm-hmm. Right, and that sense of you know at the end of the day, you go home, and you know you leave all the problems of the community there, and you go off to your little you know sort of picket fence house um and it's really easy to sort of um taint your view of the world based on where you police right but the reality is um in in toronto it's a very very expensive city to live in uh, i believe at this time less than 30 percent of all officers in toronto live in the city itself mm. because it's expensive so expensive yeah and right. i mean you know on the flip side yeah. of that as well is yeah. Um, that officers, after they, you know, they do their 10 hour shift or 12 hour shift, they have to commute to where they live, which could be another hour, hour and a half, two hours each way. And they don't take the patrol car home. They have to take their own car. That's right. 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 So you're, you're putting on, you know, 70, 80, 90 miles on your own car each way plus gas plus time. And you've already done your 12 hour shift. And if you get overtime or if you have court, like if you're working a midnight shift and you have to go to court, then what do you do? Right. So it's, it's a real challenge to get people, you know, engaged, engaged in the city, uh, engaged in the work that needs to be done um, in terms of, you know, if there's overtime or court involved, officers are saying, I don't want overtime. I've, I've been here long enough. I just want to go home. Um, the other issue that we have in Toronto is that officers will come here, work here for a while, realize that they're tired of commuting, you know, two to four hours a day, uh, and, uh, switch to a police service closer to where they live. And so we lose, we lose the officers. And on the, on the flip side of the argument, um, even like if this is more prominent in towns, but I know in the town I grew up in. Some of the cops who did live in the town, I mean, corruption isn't the right word, but they would let things slide. Like, like if they if they if they picked up a high school a group of high schools who were drinking, um, underage, like at the park or whatever, they had to bust something or drunk driving. Well, you know, insert silly crime here. They would let it slide because they know their parents or this, that, and the other. And that's that's just a regular standard thing that teenagers go through. But that same principle could be applied to bigger 
crimes or it's easier for them to be corrupted in those crimes. It was like a money laundering thing within the town. It's easy to get someone on the cut when you live in the same town as you. So that is the counter argument to well, the think, community. And I think yeah. it's, it's a valid one. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's more the sort of the letting stuff slide because yeah. these are your neighbors. Exactly. Right? exactly. So, you know, you don't it's, hard, be, it's hard to arrest your neighbors. Exactly. And you don't want to be standing in, in you know, the grocery line uh, you know, with the person that you, you know, just had a punch out with the other night and right. you know, threw them wife. in jail. And, yeah. <laughs> right. So, and so that's the flip side of that. Absolutely. 